0: What's up, Dawn Nation? Welcome to episode 2.5 of Behind the Daw, where we usually interview artists and music industry experts on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic level. But as you notice, this is a .5 episode. And on these episodes, we take the audio from our YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time, and we put it in a podcast form, so you can partake of it and listen to it on the go, and get that perfect combination of emotional and technical knowledge. And the best part of all of this is that it's free. Forever, no matter what. Our only request is that if you enjoy this podcast and it's really helping you along your musical journey, go ahead and share it with someone that you feel would benefit from it. And that's it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to talk, you can contact me at Wyatt at BehindTheDaw.net. All right, Dawn Nation, let's get into it.
1: It's got a vocal in it. How did you? Was that was that your vocal, or did you get someone in for that? Or
2: yeah, that's uh, that's me singing. Actually, it was done really fast. I just kind of grabbed my bluebird in the hand, and I just recorded it all in pretty much close to one take.
0: So you're saying is that like you actually, uh, I guess the term is preventative production, right? So you don't like create a song and then go back and create space for it. You create space while you're producing kind of a thing. You know what I mean? You, you yeah, constantly exactly. make a decision. A vocal is going to be here. So, I mean, it, what what kind of techniques do you do for that? Do you like leave a specific range open or do you just not use a lot of elements or you know what I mean?
2: I kind of just go for less elements because I I used to be the guy who's thinking that the more is better cuz you don't it's really honestly it's hard to have the imagination that the vocal is going to be there you want to keep trying and like filling up the spectrum and Make it sound as awesome as possible, but then once you get the vocals, you realize that it's just too chaotic. I try and make it like pretty darn simple. I always know that I can add more after the vocals. I'm not stuck with what I have once I record the vocals. I can always edit it and add more.
1: And and, and do you have pretty much the entire track, the the entire track laid out at that stage, or is it more just like two or three of the main sections?
2: Usually, with my tracks, I have the intro, first verse, drop, chorus, and then then the second verse to the pre-chorus, I kind of just like copy and paste it a little bit for just recording purposes, just so I can have like the timeline in my head of like when things are supposed to happen and where they're supposed to be. And then once I get that, then I'll kind of change it and add the actual structure of the song
0: when it comes to recording vocals uh quite a few people especially you know like you and i we we went to icon and so they they kind of taught this underneath the table where it's like when it comes to vocals and recording vocals you do that in logic and then you do your production in ableton or at least that's kind of like the rule of thumb you know what i mean did you just do everything in ableton because that's kind of what it's sounding like yeah
2: for sure everything i export the whole track because it's literally impossible to record with the full session because your computer will just die with indeed Uh, buffering and latency and all that. So export the track, uh, put it into a separate session. Yeah, I just kind of go from there. I don't really like Logic that much. I get that people like the whole playlisting thing. Honestly, I feel like there's not that much control when it comes to the playlisting. And also you have to export all the vocals, multi-tracks from Logic, and then you have to put them into Ableton. So that's just like one extra step that just doesn't need to be there.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. So just so those of you who don't know what he's talking about. So in logic, there's what's called a vocal comping function, which basically states like that, uh, let's say you're recording a four bar loop. You can go in and you set that four bar loop. And at the end of that loop, it'll round, it'll go back around and you, it will create different takes. And at the end of it, you can basically make a Frankenstein version of it. So you can be like, I want this part from this take, this part from this take, this part from this take. So depending on uh, how good you are or your style of recording or, or, or sorry, singing or rapping or whatever you do, it could be good. It could be not. So like I rap. And so that was a game changer for me. That's awesome. You sing and you're an amazing singer. So you don't really have a reason to use it. You know what I mean? for me, it saves hours and hours, even with exporting it and putting back into Ableton and everything. So I'm super stoked for you because that would make things so much easier.
1: You can, there's a bit on on the Ableton forum where you can submit a feature request. That could be a cool thing to submit. Mm -hmm. I want
2: to be able to have the session view and then the like track view, like set on separate screens. That'd be awesome.
1: You've been able to do that for a while now. If you, yeah, there's a a setting called dual monitor. Um, Yeah, I I think it was either 8.5 or 9. They introduced it. So yeah, you can uh, do that.
0: Ableton making moves. That's awesome. My first observation with this song that I really, really liked is your use of silence. It was amazing, especially in the drop. If we hop over to the drop section and just just take a listen just for a second, people will see exactly what I'm talking about because it's amazing.
2: Yeah, with the drop in the silence. I really feel like silence really kind of makes people think. I agree. It's just like meditation. It's just kind of like a, it's like a short little form of meditation in a way. Silence, people are there with their own thoughts and so they're able to kind of capture what's going on and what they're thinking with the song and trying like trying to get them to really feel the emotion of an impact of the song.
0: I completely agree. I remember just to like make an analogy out of this. I remember when me and my wife were first dating and what I noticed that really made the date amazing was after I dropped her off and I was just left to my own thoughts to drive home and just think about stuff. We were together and we were having an amazing time. And then what made that amazing time even more amazing was just like sitting there alone and quiet, just thinking to myself about it. It was amazing, you know what I mean? And that's why I kind of relate to this is like you present an idea, it's a dope idea! And I like, just think about that just for a second.
1: Bring it back, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And and it also, from my perspective, it makes everything that's big feel almost bigger because of the contrast. Whereas if you, if, if you go from something small to big, there's, I mean, it will still sound like the big thing will be big. But if you go from like nothing almost to something big, then it becomes like this whole new new thing as a result. So yeah, it's a. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it.
2: Thank um, you. Yeah, I feel like nowadays, like people don't have a lot of time to just kind of stop and realize their thoughts they're always on the go and i guess this is kind of like a song that thinks that they're on the go but uh also kind of makes them think at the same time you know
0: dude that's crazy so i, I like i'm just barely putting this together so you put that silence in as like a conscious decision so that people can stop and think about this is that is that what you're saying
2: Yeah, because, well, yeah, that's the thing with uh, songs, if they keep going and going, you never really have time to process what's actually happening. Mm. So, If you're able to put silence in a song, like say, before the, like the verse to the pre chorus, like if it kind of just like stops and like reverses in or something like that's just enough silence for the brain to comprehend and uh, respond to what's happening in the song.
0: How do you know where to put silence? That's a good question. I'm, I'm sure it's an arbitrary answer, like it's gonna change, but I guess more so, I should ask, how did you know where to put silence in this song?
2: Oh no, I, I guess I was just kind of following uh, what I had done for the the verse. So I did a lot of bouncing to audio, which I half do, half don't, but I was doing cuts on the three.
0: So like with the snare?
2: Yeah. kind of made it a lot more drastic with the drop because I wanted to really just like full-on sound nothing to really create that like distinct impact of change to kind of be like whoa oh there's silence <laughs> yeah.
1: definitely yeah I mean the silence almost sounds like an instrument almost in a, in a weird way if you know I mean you almost consciously hear it because of the like that that, that contrast between the big and the small The the synths and stuff at the beginning, what what did you use to create those guys?
2: At the intro? Yeah. Yeah, so let's see. Yeah, so I actually have my own preset that I made. I actually call it Water Boat because it kind of sounds like a boat underwater, like from underwater.
1: preset it sounds quite, quite a lot. One preset,
2: that's what. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. it one. Oh,
0: awesome. so it's actually just the sub and noise. That makes sense. So you're taking advantage of. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but the 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 noise oscillator in uh, Serum can actually act as a sampler. So you can actually drag any anything you want in there, and it can do it. But it looks like this Atmos 18 that you already had it in there, right? You didn't drag that in.
2: Yeah, it was just one of the the things that are the samples that are already in Serum,
1: and and, and it's a, for for those who aren't that familiar with Serum. Is the really important button is that keyboard button um, because I think I think by default the keyboard button, which is the key the key tracking button, isn't turned on. Uh, so to get the Atmos sound pitching up and down with the keyboard, yeah, you need to make sure that keyboard's button uh, is uh, turned on, and then it sounds like an actual oscillator almost. Kind of I suppose. Well, I think I think why, why it sounds really cool is it's almost it almost kind of becomes one. Even though I suppose the atmos layer is the character of them because it moves up and down pitch with, with the keyboard, it sounds like it's a part of the, uh, the the main layer.
2: It's simple enough, but it also like has a really nice sound as well. Yeah, I added a little too much uh, movement on the on the tune, so I always have to move it down.
0: Uh I uh. <laughs> When I was checking out your effects, right? So you had the, the compressor on there. That was like the only time I've ever seen a preset in Serum that doesn't have the multiband compressor on it.
2: Yeah, I don't <laughs> really use the multiband because it adds a
0: lot of highs. Ah, that makes sense. That's so I,
2: I wanted to kind of be like more of a like an organ in a way. Cool. So I didn't want to like really take out those lows. From there, I I use a lot of Spire. I love Spire because their uh, their leads are really kind of like nicely rounded and full. So we got this right here. Yeah, that was from Spire. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, uh, I froze all these tracks. So you can't really see the the effects on here, but as you can hear, if you're wearing headphones, uh, you'll be able to hear that it's panning from left to right. It kind of just, uh um, creates a little bit more width in the intro. Cause, um, I believe I have all of the chords and such in the middle and then the, the plug uh, or the lead adds a little bit of width and movement. Cause that's the thing. A lot of people don't add uh, movement to their songs. Like, uh, I have a, a push too, and I'll just, I don't really use the, the pads, but I use the knobs for automation the auto the automation, uh, actually using like your real hands creates such like more real movement than you could ever imagine.
0: That's interesting. I'll just,
2: like record the automation one by one, just like moving the knob. Mm-hmm. And-
1: uh-huh. so, 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 you, so you, you you for the panning you, you literally recorded it in manually did you is, is that what you did
2: uh for the panning no but for like filters and stuff that i feel like that's such like a like a tricky thing because like you can automate it but it doesn't sometimes it doesn't like really sound like how you want it so i feel like if you do that manually it sounds a lot uh more natural in a sense
0: that's interesting so uh because correct me if i'm wrong but don't you do the exact opposite multiplier like you primarily use the pads and don't really use the encoders
1: yeah i'm i, I literally and, and, and unless i'm making techno I, I i pretty much never use the uh, encoders along the top it's just a it's, it's basically a keyboard with a few fancy bits uh, along the top
0: that's interesting oh that's that's super cool though so question um for this for this uh, lead uh, sound right here. How'd you come up with the melody? You know what? I just kind of, I've been playing
2: piano for a while and like I've been involved in music for my whole life and I feel like things just kind of come naturally to me. I don't really, I don't really like try and like think about it too hard. I feel like some people try and think about it too hard and like try and break it down theory and all that. I just kind of, as long as it's in key or whatever, as long as it sounds good, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is. Like I'll know the key and then I'll I'll have an idea of where I, the note that I want to start at and I'll just kind of work from there. That's like awesome. I, hear, I hear a chord progression, I automatically hear a melody. Wow, that's impressive. And then with like the mixing, I I just kind of just went for it and I turned everything off and just kind of started with the vocal and then went from there track by track by track by track. And even though it took a while um, because I kind of kept the song like a little bit more simple in a sense, because it doesn't have hundreds of tracks. Like, even though it's probably close to a hundred, a lot of it's like sound effects and uh, little add-ins, but honestly, there's not a crazy amount of like synths in here. So it was actually kind of easy mix
0: which is awesome because, <laughs> because uh, last week we had Trivecta on and literally if we would double the tracks that you had now that doesn't even equal out to the amount of tracks that he had in his consolidated project like it's it's great yeah. yeah
2: this is definitely on one of my uh lower scale tracks of, of count a uh, number of tracks i would say i'm probably usually closer to trivecta on my dubstep tracks <laughs> but this one <laughs> being it like more. So to the pop, um, genre. I kind of kept it more simple, like, uh, less is more. I think, think, think you mentioned it, but
1: to, do you, to, to mix it, do you literally bring all the levels down and then bring them all back up? Is is, is, that, is that, is that what you meant?
2: Yeah. I turn everything off. Yeah. Like turn it all the way down. I feel like that's where you can get the best mix. I feel like when I ever try and just mix it from where it is, I don't get the best results because it's kind I feel like it's a, like a restart for your computer. It's like a restart for your ears and your mind. Like you kind of have to redo it all and it kind of, it's a new start for your ears, I guess. That's uh that's the best way. I like, can a,
1: like a fresh, pers- a fresh perspective almost to the,
2: yes. to what's going on. That- that's what I was trying to say. It's like awesome, awesome. having another person come in and mix for you, but it's you.
1: And, and, and you mentioned well, you bring the vocal up first. So that, that would certainly be the most logical way for, for me to approach things. So is it, do you go like vocal, kick, bass synth, or, or how do you t- typically bring it all back up?
2: I think I do vocal first, of course. Um, and then I'll do chord synths. And then I'll work to drums. And then I'll do sound effects and then i'll just kind of keep filling it in from there but yeah that's it's basically
0: uh
2: vocals i want to make sure i i get those like nice and pristine before i i work on
0: from there when you were writing your vocal part um mm-hmm. i've heard two different schools of thought where it's like you first write the melody and then you write the lyrics or you write the lyrics and then write the melody which one do you usually do
2: well i feel like to write the lyrics you have to have a melody in mind okay. You have to have timing and melody because if you're just writing lyrics, you're just kind of writing lyrics without timing and Mm. idea. I feel like your best ideas come to you first. And I feel like a lot of people kind of disregard their first ideas and just kind of try and find a better one than that. But usually it's your instinctive idea that's usually the most natural and fits the best because more people will find it better fitting as well because it'll just kind of come naturally in their heads and become more catchy in a sense. So what I do is I just bring out my phone, put on voice memos, run through the track and just <laughs> sing whatever I, I hear to my head and just let it come out. And I'll, I'll say some words or it'll be mumbling. So you'll hear like little keywords like fire or like shut the door, like whatever. And then you'll kind of just work off of those little keywords because they felt natural to you. So why, why try and fix it and make it different? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, that little cheesy line. How, how did you layer the vocal or process it? Cause it,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounded like it was pretty much as, as good as any vocal to be honest. So yeah, how did you, how did you approach
2: it? Of course, got to tune it just a little bit to kind of make it tie with the track a little bit more. I did the typical cut, like a few deep of uh, gain reduction. This is just kind of taking off the little top to kind of
0: smoothen it out. If I remember right, so you definitely uh, uh, subscribe to the school of thought that says, don't use one compressor to compress the crap out of it. Use multiple compressors to do a little bit at a time, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, that that goes with anything, I believe. Like if you're really trying to compress over four dBs, um, I would say use two at least. I guess it depends on like what you're doing. If you're really trying to go for that smash sound, then use one, but I usually recommend doing two or more if you're really trying to like smooth it out. Like it'll be a lot better and smooth. So yeah, from there, I do a little (laughs) bit. Correction. I didn't really do that much, and then to really give that tone that you hear in the vocal, that like warmth uh, and like crispness, I guess I use Saturn. Actually, I use the vinyl saturator i threw that on there and i immediately loved it i i didn't turn it off because i don't know i don't think people would normally use a saturator on their vocals do they i
1: don't know a, li- a little bit but not that much if if, if, they, if they do it's more of a subtle sort of a warmth or, or something i suppose if you're doing like aggressive vocals you may kind of just dis- dis- distort them to give them a, a bit of an edge but that wouldn't be the conventional way to do vocals
2: yeah, I knew I I wanted to go for kind of like a like kind of more of like a rock vocal, so I wanted a little, something a
0: little bit more gritty. So that's why I threw on the saturator. Wait, can we can we take a listen to it uh, with and without the saturator?
2: All right, so here's without the saturator. Reaching out to the fallen times, fire so rich you hear the cries. All right, here's with saturator reaching out to the fallen times firestone Richie hear the cries kind of adds like a like a megaphone effect oh, mm-hmm. then I threw on the r because the saturator adds a lot of s's and sibilance eq it a little bit more because the saturator adds some low ends to it
0: <laughs> what's the uh, what's the glitch doing <laughs>
2: I think it's a tape stop. Yeah, so it kind of like shuts it off real quick instead of just like cutting it off with uh, volume. You can hear them calling out. And then I like uh, layering my vocals with a vocoder. It kind of adds a, a whole new layer to the vocals to like add body to it, a little bit more presence. Uh, it's just like a whole nother nice little layer to kind of add in. You can hear you I usually just use the chords That's kind of about it And you know they're going to fit Because they're the chords So all together so. You can hear them calling out You can hear them calling out You can hear them crying out Crying out that's my vocals and then i think i have yes yeah, so i have a little bit lower i like always layering with a lower octave i'll just take the vocal put it in another track uh, lower in an octave and then i believe i have a higher one as well hear- and then the typical uh-huh. And is that
1: with the, uh, with with the warping, sorry, for the, to get the octave up and down or is that using something else?
2: Yeah, so I, yeah, I just use Complex Pro. I feel like Complex Pro, especially for um, higher, sounds a lot better because if I
0: Okay, and before you show us, I just want to make a prediction for your lower voice. Do you use just Complex?
2: Complex Pro, I believe. Oh, I use Tones this time. Oh, cool, oh, man. I'll kind of switch around between Tones and Complex Pro. Tones kind of, I don't really know how to like describe the different like...
1: It's, it's like a, gra- a grainy sound. That's how I, I like to describe the tones and texture.
2: Yeah. So if you hear the difference between Complex, as White was saying, and then Complex Pro, which I use... Um, okay. kind of like a kind of a little annoying like a high-pitched annoying cheek kind of thing (laughs) yeah i love my reverb uh reverse vocals i guess that kind of comes from the whole dubstep background of myself so i just uh... the beginning of actually the first verse i think i just took that little part right there and just reversed it and then i think i have some (laughs) harmonies. Or I think they're doubles and they're just really low. Um, so yeah, that's how I did my vocals. They're actually pretty darn simple. These are um, one of the most simple vocal productions that I've done. It's it's so impactful. Like it's so simple that it actually works.
1: Just circling back to the vocals one quick time, very quickly. So when you're compressing a vocal, do you have settings that, you know, work well for your voice or do you do it differently every time or kind of, how do you approach that side of things?
2: I usually have the attack slow and then the release fast. So it, it leaves the, the initial part of the vocal kind of safe and sound but then it kind of takes over for the middle part and then it releases fast um i don't really compress that much but i am actually starting to learn otherwise from the superior of mine <laughs> that i might be um compressing more soon so are you allowed to state who your superior is yes um uh, his name is Matthew Steeper. I just got an internship with him, but he's done songwriting for very big artists. But yeah, he apparently, he actually told me that the guy who made these plugins, that the VU meter isn't really true. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Matt was actually telling me he actually compresses around like <laughs> negative five to negative seven. Oh, wow. On just uh, two way which (laughs) i would have never thought to um to compress my vocals that much seeing him do that and then hearing his final product like you guys have definitely heard his stuff you probably didn't know it but you have i guess i'm just gonna go on another little tangent here but he uses a lot of the cla vocals and he just like uh boosts the compressor and some of the other stuff and like sounds so good
0: so if you could go back in time So when you first started this song, this session, and you could like basically coach yourself, what would you say to yourself? What would you say uh, to to avoid or to try different or or, or to kind of just make the the process easier? You know what I mean?
2: I would first of all, like tell myself to just kind of follow my gut and just uh, keep going with the idea. The first idea that comes to my mind. I feel like that's even though like with my what I just said with like vocals and stuff like. Following the first idea is easy for me with vocals, but with like the production, that can be a little hard. Like sometimes you want to do like a bigger drop or something. And that was kind of like, I was questioning myself with this drop. I was uh, changing it all the time because I wasn't sure if people would really dig it. It's, It's quite different. The first half of the first drop is actually just like filtered. It's not bright at all. It's low and filtered i guess i just like doubted myself a lot and then i just kind of let had to let go just kind of see what people thought of it and not really care what people think about it i feel like that's the biggest thing just kind of letting things go and just going with my first feelings
0: i like that i feel like that's something that we all struggle with
1: well i, I see using quite a few return tracks are they standard return tracks like like you always put the reverb on, on a always put the d- delay on b and so on
2: yeah, so I I always have A and B as the reverb and then the delay. But something that I do differently than other people do for their vocal reverbs and delay is I send 100% of the vocal to the send, and then I automate the send volume. So instead of sending just maybe like 20% or uh however you say, 20, to the the send, I send all of it. And I feel like that adds a little bit more body because I feel if you only send a little bit to the actual send, it reacts a little bit different. If I can think of an example, if you put in Ableton delay and you only send, say, 35%, you'll hear the delays and then one will just keep going and then it'll stop. So you'll hear like one side or so forth. But if you send all of it, They don't act normal. So that's kind of what I did with that. And I did the same thing with the delay. And then I always kind of take out the highs and the lows. Usually my songs are kind of more serious. So I try and keep the the highs tamed and bring them down. Because if you want a song happier, you bring out the highs and the reverb. If you want a song a little bit serious or uh, more on the sad note, you take out the highs and the reverb. Uh, same with the same with the delay, and then another little tip that I learned from my mentor was using a global reverb. Literally everything in your mix gets sent to this reverb.
1: And, and is that a, a, a big room reverb or a small room reverb? That one? Or?
2: In rooms, it's Studio A. That's that's what I use. I don't touch it, and then I just add the little EQ. Uh, i brought in the eq just a little bit more to add a little bit more impact in the mix basically you send as much as you can until you hear it and then you back off just a little bit so you don't hear the reverb it just kind of adds a little bit of uh vibe <laughs> it like really feels the the mix so pretty nice um maybe we can hear it with with it and without it we'll see if you guys can hear the difference mm-hmm. without it let's see if you guys can tell the difference with uh sometimes you never know it could be a placebo effect we'll never know here we go
0: unfortunately like the the sound that comes through zoom it actually monos it out i don't know if you guys knew that
2: well unfortunately so you guys can't really tell too much but um I can hear. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome though.
2: That's a super great way to like kind of finalize your mix. Once you're done mixing, do that. And then I turn it down just a little bit. So it's not too much. Um, so I just did like negative eight, but yeah, I feel like that really kind of like finalizes a mix and adds a little bit more, a little final touches to it. You know,
1: was there anything in this track that you would, you would consider technically wrong, but worked in the context of this track? Um, again whether from a songwriting perspective or a sound design in or
2: i would say the the first drop having it filtered that's uh i feel like that's a pretty <laughs> kind of wrong thing to do here i'll uh i'll play it for you again and it's filtered down all the way to 3k it's like it's filtered but like you can't really tell too much
0: I'm- I'm-
2: And so, yeah, not a lot of people uh, would think that's okay because normally you want the highs in there and you want it to be super impactful, but I felt because it was so, it's more of an empty track that I felt like it was already impactful, so I didn't really need that. Probably all the silence that I have in the track,
0: my track is probably... I would say like almost 30% silence, you know? Yeah,
2: Yeah. all over it, but... Uh, if the vocal is taken out, there's probably about 30% silence in the whole track.
0: Which is crazy, which which is great. You know what I mean? It's so it's so awesome that you pulled it off, you know? To wrap things up here, what we like to do is just to ask you and, and feel free to say no, but would you like us to enter mentor mode and to tell you some of the things that we felt like would be awesome that could improve the track even more? Yeah, sure. One thing that I noticed that would be super awesome is when uh, you were doing your vocal uh, uh, stacks. So like, for example, how you uh, tune them down and tune them up. Something that I want you to try different. I'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, do you have uh, the the mushroom pusher? In fact, the mushroom uh, uh, plugin It's called a... Manipulator? Manipulator. Do you have that? Yeah, I do. Have you played with the formant shifting on it?
2: Yes, I, I actually literally just got Manipulator. So this track is actually kind of old. Let me get a manipulator for you.
0: The tone that it has, because, you know, we've, we're seeing a lot of this, you know, people uh, taking their vocals, pitching them down using complex pro or just complex. And, and, and that's happening quite a bit and it's cool. Cause it's awesome, but because it's, it's happening so much, it's starting to get to the point where it's, it's, it's kind of standard. You know what I mean? It's not, not like, as special as it was, but manipulator for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, traditionally, if you wanted to create a vocal or or, or, or a, a double or, or whatever it is, you had to pitch it down a complete octave or else it gets out of key manipulator actually shifts the format. So the, the notes you, the person sings stays the same, but the tone changes.
2: I love it. I use it all the time now. It's great for like little ad ad libs or uh, little background things. Um, all right, so let's try it. Um, here we go. So here's the regular vocal, uh, unpitched. You can hear them calling out you- Alright, and then let's just bring it down like six You can hear them calling out You can hear them calling out You can hear them calling out
0: Yeah, because you're still singing the same notes. It's just changing the tone of your voice. You know what I mean? To me, Manipulator has a little bit higher quality than that of of Ableton's just, you know, complex or tones or whatever it is. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I agree. No, I, uh, yeah, I kind of changed over to uh, your process thought of with Manipulator. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. That's all I got, though. Other than that, stupid dope song, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really see anything... I, I'm bad in the song to be honest I mean the software nerd in me sees the occasional bits that could potentially cause discontinuity clicks but I mean to be honest I couldn't hear any so I, I don't even know if it uh, would cause any problems so stuff like on some of your volume automations it looks pretty vertical um, so so that that would be one example um, but then also I think if, if, if you scroll down I saw it uh, elsewhere the guitar maybe the track volume on oh, oh, yeah, no, yeah, you, you did a, a nice little nice little slope so yeah you did it correctly, quote-unquote. Um, so yeah, if, you, if, you, if you zoom in on the end of the automation on the Omnisphere, yep, so if you, if you zoom in there, so yeah, you did the thing that uh, I didn't realize you did, so uh, yeah, my, my feedback doesn't even apply. Yeah, so for, so for, the, for those who haven't seen that before, um, if you automate things like volume or filters, so like vertically, um, you sometimes get like a weird little click. Not always, but sometimes. Um, so it's just a little thing to look out for. So it kind of looked like you had, but no, you, you, you've done the...
2: I thought the I did click do- <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. Mean, to be honest, nothing really changed on the track. To be honest, I mean it's 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 really really cool. I mean, maybe you could argue the reverb on like coming through everything might not be the standard approach, but um, well, well yes, it, it most people probably wouldn't do. I, I personally really like it. I mean, I oftentimes take like reverbs on the master because I mean people used to do it, so maybe it's more of a trendy thing. And it, in, in my opinion, providing you do it subtly you get all the benefits of it sounding much nicer through headphones but then it doesn't completely ruin it um, coming out through big speakers um if if, if you say cranked it then putting a a reverb like that through everything would kind of make it kind of quite washy through big speakers but uh providing yourself to it it doesn't to gonna cause too many problems
2: yeah if you kind of think about like the global reverb um as in a sense like when a band records like or when they record, i don't know if they still like all record together or separately now but like think of a big band room they're all in the same room so they're all going to have the same reverb tone to them so it's automatically going to feel glued together but that's the problem with um edm music is that they're all in a dot they're not in a in the same room together so sometimes they don't really feel like they're glued together um so this is kind of like um, in a sense taking that idea and moving it inside the doll
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. We really hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy the questions that we asked or would you have liked to hear different ones? If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other podcast related app, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, make sure to like, comment, and follow. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Daw.